Rocker's Ghost honor with a Grammy in the best metal performance. Uh, congratulations. Good song, good album. Love that album. I've been listening to it all last week. And uh, here I am. Thank you for listening to my first podcast. My name is Eric Tilkvist, E R I K T I L L K V I S T. And this podcast is named uh, the uh, Spring Rollcast because Spring Rolls is uh, delicious and the uh, podcast is fun to listen to. Ah, you know, Spring Roll and Cast together, it's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so I've been uh, working with this program now for a couple of days to edit. Uh, podcast i don't even know how it works it's so hard because it's like you don't know what you're doing it's like you're pressing buttons and i I just want to record my voice and doing interviews but it's more than that obviously so um well let me tell you about myself i've been living in china the last five years uh, in xiamen uh, which is in fujian province of china uh, you don't know where it is. Uh, it's, it's, if you know Taiwan, you just Google it. It's like Google Taiwan and oh, it's there. Okay, uh, then go next to mainland China. Uh, as close as possible, you will find Xiamen, which is in a small island in China. I've been living here the last 12 years. Did I say 12? I mean, I meant five years. And uh, I've been meeting other people who had uh, different kind of stories about their lives. And that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Because there's Westerners in China. A lot, actually. Like in my town, it's only only like four million people. What? Only four million people? It's not so many uh, here. It's nothing. But uh, if you're uh, in China, that's really little. I'm a, I work with fashion design, actually. And I don't want to talk about that the first times of my podcast but that's what i'm doing and it's going quite well and uh, i will talk about that later hopefully in my podcast 
The first story of my podcast involves a, a Westerner who lives in Shaman, where I live in, in Shaman. And uh, we've known each other for a couple of years, like five years, like almost most of the years that I lived here, actually. And uh, we he's a nice guy. He's a he's very, really uh, smart guy. He's intellectual. He got a lot of ideas about the world. And I always listen to him with interest every time I meet him. And... Uh, as I got to know my gr- uh, girlfriend and uh, later be on wife and now pregnant thank you for the haha I'm pregnant I'm gonna be a father thank you so much that's gonna happen soon yes and um, she went to a party five years ago and it ended up sorry four years ago it ended up with a, a, a girl who died at a party and I heard about this story and I was like what happen at that party so the podcast is going to be about that i'm going to interview the guy who hosted the the the, the party at the boat uh, the the boat uh, was on a, the party was on a boat and it's going to be about him my friend i'm not going to tell his name but uh, if you want to get in contact with him and feel like you know someone maybe you're a canadian and you feel that like you can help him please contact me at spring springrollcast at gmail.com and I will forward his your information to him hopefully he can get help without further ado here's the first ever episode of my podcast that I've been wanting to let loose for uh, like many years spring rollcast here's my interview with my friend okay I'll just blah, blah, blah. start recording so uh, mm, thank you then I will use uh this first uh, part to set the sound in the, the editing program. Okay. Yeah. So we're, we're recording right now? Mm. Okay. What did you eat for breakfast? <laughs> I, uh, I went to the Prague Cafe and had a breakfast burrito. Okay. Which one? Uh, the one that's the size of my head. I don't, I don't know. Well, burrito size of your head? Yeah, really. Big, huge, incredibly full. Is it is Mexican or? Uh, well, I'm assuming that burritos are Mexican, but I don't think anything they put in it was Mexican. Okay. No corn or rice. <clears throat> How much was it? Fifty RMB. What? Really expensive. It comes with tea. <laughs> okay, that's not so bad. Mm. <clears throat> I'm telling you, it's bigger than my head, so it's kind of worth the price. Understand. So, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, we are in my house. Yes, we are. <clears throat> and where in the world are we? Uh, we're in Shaman, uh, Fujian province in China. If you could explain for our listeners where that in the world is, and uh, a little bit, maybe you know some history or something about it. Uh, I don't really know much history about Shaman, Fujian. Uh, but it is right across the Taiwan Strait from Taiwan. Mm. Uh, I guess it's at the same uh, lat- I get latitude and longitude mixed up, but um, it's right across from uh, Taichung in Taiwan, okay. the middle of Taiwan. We could say that uh, Shaman is a quite beautiful place. It's an island, and uh, if you look out my window, you can see the ocean and... Uh, a small island called Gulanyu, which is uh, the tourist uh, 
attraction of Sherman. I would say so. Which is an old colony, how do you say, colonized? It was colonized by Dutch. Mm-hmm. By, by the Dutch. By the Dutch, I heard. Yes. You can see the influence in the architecture. Yeah, it's a pretty stunning place. But yeah, I, mean, I don't want to go there too much. Uh, every time when you have friends come to Shaman, they always want to see that place. But it's like, it's some couple of, some houses and there's a, and a McDonald's, and a, <laughs> which ruined the whole spirit. <laughs> and a KFC. <laughs> really? Also? Yeah. Oh, God. The Americans, they always I'm say. waiting for the Starbucks. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> It's a really small island. It's, you can walk around it in less than an hour, I think. No cars or bicycles allowed. Yeah. So, let me talk. Let's talk about you a bit. How come you are in China? What year did you come here, and for what reason? Okay, um, I have trouble remembering dates, but I'll try my best. Mm. 2008, mm-hmm. I think I came. 2008, let's say. Um, I came over because I'm an English teacher. I'm a certified English teacher from Toronto. I grew up in Toronto. I was born just outside of Vancouver in Canada. Um, I've always wanted to go abroad, and my aunt is also an English teacher, so she put this idea in my head, and I was invited to a few jobs. Well, then uh, not so many jobs for you in Canada, or...? Um, well... I wanted to travel. Yeah. And uh, have you ever have you ever heard, ever heard by, about shaman before? Um, well, I'd lived in China before. <clears throat> sort of the same same story. Mm. I came to work, and uh, after about two years of living in Taiwan and then mainland China, mm. I decided to go back for a little while. And then after a year and a half back in Canada, I decided to take a break again. Mm. And this break. Uh, became a little bit longer than a break. Mm. So, um, as I said before, I was offered a few jobs. I had traveled around China and landed in Xiamen for a few weeks, and I liked it. I could breathe here. Mm. And uh, Have you ever been to, like, uh, Shanghai, Beijing, or Guangzhou? Or... Yeah, I've been to over 25 cities in China. Wow. So, Shanghai and Beijing were, were in that list. Yeah. Okay. But a little too many people in in yeah. Shanghai and Beijing, and I uh, I'm Canadian, so I, I like some of the clean air. Same for me. I'm <clears throat> from. Uh, I'll explain maybe in another podcast about myself. But I come from Sweden. So, if at any time during this interview where you feel like, what's wrong with his English? <laughs> please uh, <laughs> have some. <clears throat> you will understand that. Uh, I'm not a native English speaker, but I'm doing my best. We'll go easy on you. Thanks. So, <clears throat> so you came to Shaman 2008 already? Something like that, yeah. And um, the reason why we're having this conversation, discussion, podcast with you is because something happened uh, 2012. But so that's four years, four years where you were just teaching and uh, stayed here, right? Right. Uh, well, it was. I think it was late 2008 that I came, so... Oh, my memory's way off. Yeah, <clears throat> that's fine. Yeah, I was working at the university um, at, in 2012. Okay. Shaman University? Uh, yeah, well, it was a university in Shaman. It wasn't It wasn't uh, University of Shaman. Mm. Okay. And uh, 
at some point, uh, let's roll the, let's back up the tape to, let's say, two months before the, the topic, why we're here. Okay. Uh, describe your life, describe what you're doing. And uh, did you meet this person around this time? Or what time did you meet this person? Oh, it was about a year before. Ah, oh, so 2011. Yeah, so we can start at the beginning that I was working at a university um, with something like 15 to 20,000 students. And I had met a girl. And she was a student at this school. She was not my student. Um, I want to make that very clear. Mm. And um, we started a relationship, mm. and we started a very serious relationship. And she, the only reason she didn't live with me is because she was a student and she had to be at school. Mm. But uh, she had had correspondence with my mother, and knew all of my friends. But we kept our relationship hush hush from some of her friends. Most of her friends knew about me, mm -hmm. and her family. <clears throat> so uh, how did you how did it uh, how did you meet like uh, why did you fell in love with her <laughs> um, she walked by my classroom several times mm -hmm. and looked in and finally after about four times of passing my classroom she came in to talk to me and I thought this was a typical I want to practice my English sort of meeting mm -hmm. And I was not very polite to her. But <clears throat> I did give her my contact information. And uh, and then we started talking from there. Mm -hmm. She spoke English good? or Very well. Yeah. Because your, your Chinese is not perfect, right? <laughs> <laughs> What I heard. Thank you for being polite. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not perfect, but you, can you speak some... Uh, An order facing KFC. <laughs> well, just point and say, Jega, Jega. Pretty much. No, a little bit more than that, but I, I, I don't have much uh, in the way of conversation skills. Okay. So that that's why it's easier to for foreigners to... Maybe it's easier for Chinese girls to communicate with uh, foreigners if they can speak English. Some people just have so easy to learn Chinese. Uh, me, as you, I, I, I haven't really put any good effort into learning Chinese by kind of learn by living like basic stuff yeah. like ordering food and yeah food. kind of or uh, asking for directions or whatever um, so during 2012 there was uh, something happened right and uh, you were kind of a hosting a boat party To explain, like, we live next to the ocean, it's, uh, they have, like, this old kind of fishing boats, mm -hmm. very colorful, beautiful. Little junks. Junks, wooden boats, <clears throat> like wooden boats, right? Yeah. At one time, you decided to host a party. Who, who did you, <coughs> did you host with your friends, or how did it work? Um, well, okay, this was just before May holiday here. May 1st is a holiday, so everybody gets a long weekend. Mm. And the weather starts to warm up. Mm. So we were all having brunch at uh, a mutual friend of ours. And there were some other friends there that I didn't know very well. Anyway, um, and 
we just all decided that we were going to have a boat party. Mm. Have you been at any of those before? Oh, yes. Yeah. And they were successful? <clears throat> Quite a routine thing. Yeah. You pay five or six hundred RMB and the boat captain will take you out to, I don't know, far away from the island so we can enjoy some water view. Mm. And uh, sometimes we go swimming, sometimes we just have a bit of a barbecue. Play music? Sometimes play a little bit of music, but it's uh, it's hard to get power yeah. there. Um, it depends on who comes. And uh, we needed somebody who spoke Chinese. Mm. So there was a, a woman there who was Chinese, of course. Mm. And she was anonymously, not anonymously, unanimously elected to make the phone call. Mm. So she made the phone call and she booked the party. Mm. And we had so many people that wanted to come to this party that we actually had three boats mm-hmm. and about 45 people. Altogether, 45 people. Yes. It's a lot. And the boats were tied together <coughs> so we could jump from boat to boat if we didn't want to swim. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so let's just go through the day. Like uh, you, where did you start? You uh, Let's say you're on, on the land and uh, do you gather all the people before you go out? Okay. Yeah, well, we all sort of put out a mass message and said, be here at this time mm. or we're leaving you behind. Mm. And uh, But let's back up a little bit mm. uh, for the, the, the my uh, my girlfriend, fiancé, and I. Mm. Uh, we were having conversations because she did not know how to swim. Mm. And she really wanted to learn how. Mm-hmm. So she had bought a bathing suit mm. and in preparation to learn how to swim. Um, we had discussed that she should be very careful. Mm. And um, uh, a friend of ours, actually my roommate, mm. uh, didn't know how to swim when he first came to Shaman. And he had learned off of the side of one of these boats. Mm-hmm. So she thought that, that would be a good idea. Sounds a bit... Um, that's... I mean, this sounds like a bad idea to go out in a deep ocean first time. If you don't know how to swim, yeah. you will probably go to a swimming pool or something. But then, yeah, yeah, instructor, <clears throat> instructor or something. Sure. But you, at this time, you thought, yeah, why not? You can try and be careful. Well, it wasn't it wasn't something that I had <clears throat> thought about much at the time. I figured we would go over the situation as it as it arose, mm. and um, so we got to the boats. We all got on the boats and we started putting out to uh, the location. And nobody really knows the location. It's just off the coast of Zhengzhou, which is on the mainland. Mm. And um, so we made it there. And we all settled in and had our lunch, breakfast. And then some people started jumping in the water. I have a a very good friend who is an ex-lifeguard. From Canada? Yes, who swims very, very well. Uh, as well as um, professional swimmer, not, I don't want to say professional, but a guy who swam in college, and mm. I would consider him pro compared to myself. Mm. So we had some some, some pretty good swimmers there. Mm. Felt like this could be there's no problem if anything happened. I always have my friend who can help me. Like, right, and actually it was it was talked about earlier that he was like I can I can take care of things. And uh, so we had, I had discussed with, with her about the swimming situation. I said, you should walk down the ladder. You can always hold on to the ladder. And then I said, well, the water's really cold. You're going to hang on to that ladder for a long time. 
And she said, no, I'll, I'll just jump in. And I said, okay, well, hold on. There's, let's put a ring in the water and jump into that ring or mm-hmm. grab onto it or do something like <clears> that. <throat> um, a few things were discussed and I still thought that holding onto the ladder would be a, good, a better idea. <clears throat> Needless to say, with all of these pro swimmers around, I wasn't too concerned. Mm. And then she jumped into the water. And this was during uh, when everyone was laughing and uh, having a really good time, and uh, some of you were drunk. Or... No, no, nobody was drunk. It was way too early in the day. Ah, to... okay. I, I what time even, was it exactly? I hadn't even had one drink yet. Um, what, what time of the day was it? That's a good question. Maybe about three. Three afternoon. Maybe. Okay. So, if you explain the the vibe, the how it was on the boat, like uh, how's the spirit? <laughs> Pretty happy day. Mm? Until then. Good weather. No. No. <laughs> um, well, I, actually, it was it was a little colder than we had anticipated, mm-hmm. and the sun was not shining. It was a pretty overcast day, but we were trying to make the best of it because it was a long weekend and we wanted to have a, a good time. Okay. So back to the time when she jumped. Right. So she jumped in the water and it instantly vanished. But there was no panic on me because I know how my friend swims. Mm. He's, he's spectacular. I had actually taken a photo of him diving in the water before and uh, he looked like a dolphin <laughs> <laughs> sorry my dog is <laughs> take uh... okay so even when she jumped in the water um, I didn't feel that concerned about it although when she jumped in the water she disappeared instantly um, I looked over to my friend I was in the water at the time and so was my friend the super swimmer, the uh, the ex-lifeguard. And I just looked at him and I went, you want to get her? It was just so casual. You want to get her? Like, It'll be so easy for you. And he looked at me and he's like, yep, yep, here we go. And he just went down. So you mean she just disappeared in the water? Like a, like a stone? Or like you, if you would throw a stone in the water, it would just, would just go down and not come up? <laughs> well, <clears throat> I guess we should... Describe the color of the water. Yeah, please. Which was, uh, I guess, the color of uh, hot chocolate. Oh, gosh. Okay. And, and about as clear as hot chocolate. And you couldn't see an inch below the surface, mm-hmm. which wasn't really taken into consideration. And um, But still, you expect somebody to go down straight. And um, I, I don't want to... I put so much on my friend here, who's such a great swimmer, but, and I'm sure he puts a lot on himself. Mm-hmm. But after about a minute under the water, he came back up. A whole minute? Yeah. He was under for as long as he could. Mm-hmm. And he came up and, and he just gasped, I can't find her, and then back down. And um, it was just enough time to say that, take a breath, and go back down. And when he said that, everybody sort of, started to pay attention and he came up a second time and he went and he just screamed out help and screamed out her name and at that time somebody had 
got uh, my, my other friend's attention, who was also a very good swimmer. At this time, the other boats around started to realize what happened also? Uh, I'm not quite sure, to be honest. I was still in the water. Mm-hmm. You were also in the water? I was in the water. Mm-hmm. And over my head, I noticed my friend had run, 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 and dove over top of me in order to get in the water, because he needed to get in the water. And then people were looking for goggles, not that that does anything in water this murky. No. And then my my other good friend, who's not a super swimmer, screamed at me and told me to get out of the water. And I think he was worried about me, I'm not a very good swimmer, trying to find her and not coming up myself. Okay. That's what I, in, in retrospect, that's what I think was his plan, was to get me out of the water so that I didn't go down as well. I can imagine the chaos on the boat when all these people having a party and suddenly people are talking about someone is missing suddenly. Right. And <clears throat> people probably don't realize, is it happening or is this just someone pranking us? Or what? It was quite surreal. Mm. Um, I can imagine it was surreal for everyone else. And many people on the boat didn't know who she was mm. because I, they barely knew me. Mm. And some of them didn't know me at all. I mean, 45 people. You've got friends of friends and so on. Mm. Um, so when all of this happened, people didn't know what to do. I had, I had met people for the first time that day, which was quite a first impression as well. <laughs> mm. So we... I say we, but really I was pretty much held on that boat and I really wanted to jump in and uh, a few people explained to me that I was not allowed to do that. That would be a bad idea. And at that point I was doing what everyone told me to do. I was looking for someone to solve this problem. And um, my friend who was the the ex-lifeguard had swum under the boat under all three boats. Did he, did he ever touch the bottom? Like, could he swim down to the bottom? I know he could, I'm assuming he did. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, like, he, there wasn't a lot of communication with him. He was under the water as much as he, human, as much as he mm. physically could. I understand. He swam all the way to shore, which was maybe 300 meters and back. Mm. Um, just, he was going crazy. Yeah. He was going crazy. Um, And then after, I couldn't tell you how long, um, but it started to get dark, or it it was about to get dark, and we realized that we needed to go to the police station to get assistance. Hmm. Um, I think one of the boats had gone ahead of us to the police station while we stayed for a while, but once it gets dark, there's there's nothing we can do. Then we got to the police station, and I had to make a report. And I was just doing anything they told me to do, just following whatever they said I needed to do, because it was the worst day of my life, and I wanted to go home. Um, I didn't actually want to go home, but I didn't want to be in the police station. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and who was doing the translating for you? Is uh, some Chinese? Uh, yeah, actually, my best friend was doing the translation for me. She was yeah. Chinese. And um, so what did the police say when you arrived? Well, the police just asked me for all of the information um, 
all of her information, all of my information, and they wanted the names of everyone on the boat. And I said, I don't know the names of everyone on the boat. I But was, all of you 45 people went to the police or just... No, just the people that were remaining. Mm -hmm. A lot of the people had left already okay. to go back. Um, many, many hours later, when I finally made it back to Shaman Dock, Port, whatever you want to call it, uh, mm -hmm. most of those people were still waiting there, um, I guess just to show their concern and respect, which was nice. They didn't have to stay. Um, but when I was giving my report, uh, the police officer really, he really seemed very intent on saying that there must have been a reason why she jumped in the water. You must have told her to jump in the water. And I said, well, no, I said, this is, this is what happened. And I don't, I don't understand why you're trying to change the story. Later on, I realized why. Um, and later on, I noticed that it didn't matter what I said. He had written down what he wanted to write down, which was that I called her and told her to jump in the water. Um, I have the documents, the, which is all in Chinese. And it states in Chinese that I said I called her in the water, which I, did, I didn't. But there were never a recording of your, like the interview the policeman did with you. There was not, never a recording, it was only a... I wasn't that prepared. No. No. Because uh, usually when something like this happens, when someone is involved <clears throat> in, uh, I mean, for court situations, they usually go back to the police uh, interview. Uh, well, he was the police officer and he wrote it down. Mm. And I guess that's what they consider to be a recording. You would you would think that you could trust a police officer. Yeah. After you finished the interview with the policeman, um, then what happened? Um, he, I, uh, that part is a little bit of a blur. Leaving the police station, he seemed to want more information, but did he give you a time to come back? Um, no, yeah. I don't think so. I'm not. Don't quote me on that. So. After the interrogation, you... Interrogation. <laughs> After the, the report, yeah. You went home with your friends? I went home. Um, I To your house, right? The boat broke. And it took us about two hours to get back. Uh, it was very, very dark. It was well late at night. And the um, boat broke before... I mean... the, the boat broke on the way back. The uh -huh. engine just overloaded and we had to putt-putt back. We couldn't go faster than... I can only imagine what would be about five kilometers an hour. But you said it was 300 meters to the shore. Wrong shore. That's the other shore. Uh -huh. the mainland. We had to go okay, back okay, to the okay. island. Of course, yeah. And um, so finally, when we made it back, um, we then finally got a taxi. And... Uh, My my very good friend uh, came with me. Thank you for that, and to make sure that I got home. Mm. And I then got in a taxi, and the taxi broke down on the way home. And then we got another taxi, and that taxi um, called my friend a prostitute and said that she had disgraced her country for being with a foreigner. So. We were kicked out of that taxi, and then we finally got 
the last taxi which drove us home where I was met by my friends and, uh, and a very teary-eyed um, evening. Explain the, the vibe in your house with your friends afterwards. Were you... I guess this is, you must be in a very, very shocked mode. I asked my friend to go into my room. I asked two of my friends to go into my room and um, take everything feminine out of my room. Just put it in a box. Just, I, I just can't see it. And then I, uh, the next day, I can't remember if it was the next day because the days kind of meld together. Um, I, that night, I had uh, talked to my mother. For some reason, my mother called me that night. She doesn't call me very often. And she actually called me that night. And I, I without, without knowing what happened? She didn't know. She just decided to call me. She called me like once a month, and she chooses that day to call me, and um, and I just uh, I, I sort of explained to her what happened, and my mother was a mess because this was you know she considered her to be the daughter that she never had. She was very excited about our future plans, and uh, and then I get a call from uh, uh, my fiance's sister. Um, and she repeatedly said, where's my sister? Where's my sister? And I explained to her what happened. And and she said something which really... She speaks me. English? She speaks English, yes. Okay. Um, and she said, nobody just jumps in the water. Whose fault is it? And I'm like, who's fault? I mean, it was an accident. It was like, it was an accident. And um, and then she said, well, somebody needs to pay. What? That's the first thing <laughs> she asked? That's Someone needs to pay. That's exactly what she said. She said, well, someone needs to pay. And I, I at the time, I just thought she was angry and wants revenge. But she said, someone needs to pay. And she said it several times. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know. And she said, well, we're going to have to get a lawyer. Okay, but I don't know what that's going to do for you, because I was very confused about the whole situation. And this is the same day as it happened, or this is that evening. This is when I finally got home. I guess my phone was ringing off the hook, mm-hmm. but uh, my my battery had died, something like that. Because I remember I was I was talking my phone. I was sitting on the floor, so it must have been plugged in, and that's the best I could do. Um, oh. No, 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 it was it was my fiance's phone mm. that she had called because she didn't have my phone number. Mm. So you had your the your fiance's that girl who had now passed away. You had her her phone. I had her phone, but her her battery had died. And when I plugged it in, then I started to answer phone calls, especially ones that said "Dad" <clears throat> or "Sister." Well, that's really sad. Um, so her sister call you and starting to say that you have to pay. And she said someone has to pay. Someone has to pay. Okay, I guess she was also in shock. And well, the police station had called the school, and the school had immediately called her hmm. uh, because I was still on a boat. I couldn't, I couldn't contact anyone, and nor did I have her phone number or her father's phone number or anything. 
but uh, and I guess that the school had had a very quick meeting and plan on how they were going to deal with this situation. So yeah, I guess uh, that's okay. Your mother called. Yeah. Let's say, can you explain what do you? How do you tell her? What did you tell her? Ah. Uh, what she tell you? Well, it was, it was intensely emotional. Yeah. So, uh, through tears, I just kept saying I'm sorry because the only thing I could think of was that um, I I took her daughter away. I mean, my mother, my mother doesn't really look at in laws. It's there's no such thing as in law. It's you're either family or you're not. Kind of how it works in here, I would say. Also, I mean, with the Chinese culture. Well, she just means like it's. I think it's more of a an emotional connection. I understand. Yeah. So, uh, okay, let's say the morning after you wake up, we'll describe what do you do. Um, I was notified by the school that I needed to. No, I wasn't. Sorry. Uh, I was. She called me. Her sister called me, and she said, "We are landing in Shaman Airport," and I said, "I'll be there." And I didn't understand what was going on. I thought I was just going to meet her family, hmm. so I went there and I waited for them. Uh, but the school was there. The representatives from the school had come to actually come between us. Okay. And they wanted me to travel in a different van than the family. And I had sort of insisted. I said, no, we should travel together. And they tried very hard to separate us, but uh, we were on our way to go to a meeting. And this meeting was a, a fishy little thing. But again, I'm, I mean, like, I had no idea what was going on. I was just going where anybody told me to go. I just cooperating. And uh, we ended up in a, in a hotel, and I had brought some friends with me, one friend who can speak Chinese. I feel like I'm missing something. Well, let's say you, you went to meet her family in the airport. You take, uh, you're all going to a hotel. To where? To a hotel room. To a hotel. To like a, like a like a business. Okay, like room. a conference room. Yeah, thank you. Yes. So you're having a, they, the school want to set up some some kind of a clearance. What 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 happened? And well, they said that um, I was supposed to meet uh, her mother and father. Mm-hmm. And when they said that, I thought it was just going to be her mother, her father. A translator and me, mm. and maybe another person, mm. and this room was filled with people, and I didn't know who any of them were except for the people I'd met before. Um, were there any media from like Chinese TV or no media no. at all? Um, there was uh, no policemen. Two police officers. Okay, because they had told me that this, they had told me that this meeting was ordered by the police. Ah, uh. um, so. Originally, the sister said that she would meet me at the airport, and then the school had separately asked me to go to this meeting. So I thought that I was meeting the sister mm. on our own, maybe with 
her family, mm-hmm. but I didn't know who. Um, and then I thought I was going to go to this meeting with the school. And the school was at the airport, and I wasn't expecting that. And I thought I had to go to this meeting because they said that the police ordered it. Mm. So, of course, I'm going to do whatever the police ordered. I showed up to this meeting. Well, they had a driver take me out there. And when I got there, I had sort of clued in. Now, I brought some people with me um, just to be sure because things were starting to get a little bit fishy with the whole somebody has to pay. The school is getting really involved in telling me that it's very, very serious. I'd had some... Uh, phone conversations with um, people from the school and they said be careful the family might want money from you and I said well that's fine I don't have any um, and uh, so finally we show up at this hotel in a conference room with a lot of people you don't know in a conference room with a lot of people I don't know right okay. um, including who later on I found out were three boat captains mm-hmm. um, two police officers uh I guess the dean of the school, or somebody very high up in the school, and... Anyone else from the party? The foreigners? Uh, my friend, the the ex-lifeguard was there. And he was there because he speaks Chinese so well, <coughs> I wanted him by my side. And they had ordered him to be there as well, I suppose, because they wanted everyone from the party, including two friends for moral support who were not at the party, even my roommates at the time. Um, and they were sort of telling me everything that was going on. I also had um, a really good ace up my sleeve, which was someone in the head office of the school who happened to be a friend of mine that was texting my friend, telling me things that they were talking about in the school, saying, and finally, that was the one who said, get out of there now. Like, just get out. This is what they're planning to do. Mm. And uh, it was quite scary saying um, the family's lawyer was hired by the school, not family. Mm. Um, They had told the family, first of all, the school had an insurance policy taken out on all of their students' lives. So if a student dies they still get their tuition paid. Mm. Now, the family wanted this money and the school refused to give it to them until the family showed up at the school a few days later with the media and a big sign saying, I don't know why they said this, but give us our daughter back. What? Which really means give us our money. Huh. Um, And with this, with this, battle back and forth the family the school had offered to hire a lawyer for the family and they told them you can sue the school but you're going to lose it's a powerful university run by ex-politicians and you'll lose or they said you can go over this go go after this foreigner who has a lot of money and no ability to defend himself in this country. So you'll win, and we'll make sure that you win. Let's make clear, is this the discussion you have in the conference room, or you mean... This is what I heard through what the family told me, through what my lawyer had accidentally told me, and from what my friend in head office had overheard as well. 
Okay. In this uh, meeting, in the conference. Yeah. Okay. So they had made sure that the family would go after me and not them. And then I found out through my lawyer, she told me that they, she has documents stating that I have 531,000 RMB in the bank. And so they said, go after this guy. He's got money. And if he's got this much money in his bank account, surely he can probably get more. How do they know you have this money? Well, they don't. And I don't. Yeah. They, they had, <laughs> because I worked for the university, they had opened up my bank account. So they had all of my bank information and all they had to do was change some numbers from 50,000 RMB to 531,000 RMB. This is a point I think uh, we have to explain. Mm-hmm. How how does money has to do with anything? What happened? Why is people talking about money and not what happened? And Right. Why are they asking for money? I think we, yeah, we, we did skip the most important. <laughs> Just go through it for two minutes like why how does it work in this country so i guess i'll just say what happened in the in the meeting and that might explain okay. things mm. um so i sat down in the meeting and we started to discuss things and i was kind of confused because they just said that the mother and father wanted to meet me and i'm like well of course i mean that's very important and we should mm. discuss things and i you know, i'm sure they want some pictures of her and to understand the story and to get to know me but that's not what it was at all um They had sat down and the lawyer and translator had explained and they just went right into it with a piece of paper in front of them and they said, we'll say Carol, her name is Carol. Um, Carol spent so much money every year on clothing and they gave a number and Carol spent so much money on food every year and gave a number and so much money on tuition and transportation and medical bills and this, that, and the other thing. And they went through everything that you could possibly spend money on. Which is kind of an investment for her life, or what would you say, that her parents have paid throughout the years. Sure. And then they tallied it up at the end, and they said, multiplied by 21, because she was 21 years old, and then they looked at me, and they said, you owe us this much money. And they had calculated it down to the Fen, which is a it's a smallest cent or penny. It's a denomination of, of Chinese currency. That's they don't even deal with it anymore. Yeah. It's so small, they don't make so them anymore. This is where I think the listener will be quite shocked to hear that they this is this is how it works in this country that a death of a person is instantly calculated. It's in quantifiable, quantifiable, financially quantifiable. Wow, it's I, hard to understand. But okay, let's let's um, take a five minute break, and we'll be back soon. Sounds good. And we're back from a five minute break, and we were talking about human, uh, how you measure people's lives in China, how you financially quantify it. Yeah, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about other. Sorry, my dog is a bit barking. I think. Talk about uh, um, some other aspects of the society that quantify things. Um, there there's, uh, seems to be a strong need to quantify everything, to be able to count it and put a number on it. Um, for example? For example, it, it, people ask me how many Chinese words I can say, uh-huh. and they expect a number. Yeah. 
Um, and then if I ask them the same question, well, how many English words can you say? Because I, I haven't counted. They'll give me a number, say 1,000 or 5,000 words. <laughs> how can they count how many words? They, they have a test which uh -huh. gives them a general idea. If they get a certain score on this test, then they must know this many words. Um, I think it's called, they in high school, to go to university, they have a test called Gaokao. Gaokao, okay. And that's, uh, they have tests in every kind of majors, but in English they have to go reach a certain point to finish it. And most of the times when I talk to Chinese people and I ask them, did you do that test? And say, yeah, of course, we all did it. I, I Now I'm speaking Chinese. And they would, uh, I would ask them, like, did you if I ask them, did you finish it? I say, yeah, I finished it. Uh, it's all about, uh, we, I can text message and I can... So what I want to say that the Chinese people, they can remember a lot, a lot of words. So they can speak to you maybe on text, but when you talk, uh, they don't, they don't know how to talk. That's what I want to say. It's for academic purposes only. Mm -hmm. It's, um, I, I, through my extensive experience teaching, mm -hmm. I, I often ask my students first, why are you here? Why are you studying? English, mm. and they'll say, uh, so that I can talk to people. Mm. And I'm like, okay, but you haven't spoken to people. You've studied on paper to pass all of your tests, and now they need to learn the language all over again, mm. a, a verbal form of that. Uh, but back to quantifying life. Maybe we should. Oh, my dog. Just, just take a one minute, but I have to. Maybe we should bring him back inside. Okay, we're back. Um, for those who are listening, if it sounds like I have a pig in my house, that's because it's true. I have a small um, French bulldog next to us, and he wants to join us. So if it sounds like this, yeah, no, that's because we have a little, a little doggy here. So let's try, um, let's try do this with the dog next to us. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, Adding to how to quantify the value of life and why mm. um, some people feel the need to quantify the value of life. It comes from a very old, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Necessity. Mm -hmm. Where to financially take care of each other in the family was, was very necessary. Uh, in a society that was poverty-stricken for so long, um, China had years of war, years of poverty, um, famine, and, and dare I say, dictatorships while I'm sitting in this country. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> they need to take care of each other. And mm -hmm. a lot of people don't realize that we've come to a new capitalism, <laughs> capitalist mm -hmm. society where they don't need this. It's the world's second largest economy. Mm -hmm. And, and people think uh, China is a very communist country, but I would say it's not. Well, you don't, be, you don't become the world's second largest economy by being communist. You, mm. you do that by being more capitalist than any other country. Exactly. If they were, if, if they're more capitalist than the U.S., mm. they just haven't been capitalist for as long. I mean, the 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 average Joe would say that communism is about equal amount of pay for people that's maybe the marxist I original idea equal but rights. equal rights and stuff but in china there's 
I don't think there's any other country in the world that has so few rich people and so many poor people. I mean, the the imbalance of uh, percentage-wise. Yeah. Yeah. I, I often hear arguments of, but China has so many people, and they forget to deal with percentages, um, because the percentages should be the same no matter how many people are here, and uh, and they're not. <clears throat> so. When someone in the family dies, uh, that that financial responsibility must be compensated for. Mm. So this family, first thing they want to know is, can you pay? Uh, they they gave you this number. Mm-hmm. Can you say the number? First, they said that the full number was. Seven hundred and ninety some odd thousand RMB, so almost eight hundred thousand RMB, almost three quarters of a million. Mm. And uh, then they said that I it wasn't all my fault; it was a percentage of my fault, and a percentage of the boat captain's fault, Mm -hmm. and a percentage of the woman who organized the party. It was a percentage of her fault. Now, they would have spread out that percentage more, but they couldn't get a hold of the 45 people that were on the boat because by then we had clued in and kept people's um, privacy. Mm -hmm. Protected however many people we could have. Um, So after that, and this is not anything official. This is in the meeting where the two police officers that were present were hired by the school um, and even asked the school if they could leave after several hours. They said, well, you don't seem to need us anymore. Can we go? And they said, yes, but you have to come back tomorrow. So obviously the police officers weren't in charge. Um, but uh, after that, they said I owed 400 and 400 and I want to say 491,000 RMB, but mm-hmm. don't quote me on numbers. This is a few years ago. So if you said before that the school said uh, he has five hundred thousand, that's almost exactly the same number. It's pretty close, yeah. They they left me with, with nine thousand. If, if I had five hundred thirty-one thousand RMB, they would have left me with just enough to go home. Yeah. To, to <laughs> Maybe side. I don't know. We don't know if that's their thought, but it's interesting that the number is almost similar. Same. Yeah, it was very close. Yes. So um, you, how did you react when they said you have to pay this money? Well, when they when they calculated the value of my fiance down to the fen, I um, I threw up. Threw I, up. I walked to the bathroom, which was an adjoining bathroom to the room, and I vomited because mm. that's what anyone would have done, I suppose. Because um, for you, it sounds like they put a number on her life. It doesn't just sound like it. It's exactly what they did. Mm. Which is crazy, and uh, we don't have to. <laughs> it's yeah. really uh, hard to understand, but that's how it works here, and that's what happened. And I, of course, you can understand that your reaction to it. And um, okay, let's continue. What happened then? Uh, we argued back and forth. I say argued. <laughs> I mean, discussed. We. Well, we were all appalled by this. We were, we were, we were speechless, and there's not a lot of arguing you can do, except for trying to understand if we were, we were actually speaking to humans. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then we realized that there was nothing we could get to, and I asked to speak with her father alone because he seemed to be the only one with genuine emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, the sister was would, would cry and cry and cry, understandably so, and then instantly stop and whip out a calculator. Like, if you're not going to pay the money, then I'll cry. And then what? Like, it was just, it was, it was really surreal. And the father, of course, of course the father is upset. He's a human being and he lost his daughter. And I wanted to talk to him one-on-one because we seem to have the most in common there. Mm-hmm. And I pulled him into a separate room and uh, they were banging on the door, screaming, going nuts because he was listening to me. And I was trying to explain to him that I don't have any money and like and I really want to give him things. I like I, I have photos, I have stories, I have her diary, I have I don't mean like a personal diary, I mean like just like notes that she's made. I have everything I'm willing to share with them and I wanted to give it back to her family. I mean there are a few things that I wanted to keep for myself. Um and then and I wanted to talk to him about an offer that was made earlier and I said we should talk about her ashes and the school had told me that he had offered to give me her ashes to take back to Canada or to spread in the ocean between the two countries and I lost it I broke into tears I thought that finally they're human this is wonderful but I wanted to tell him that I thought he should keep them because we had actually discussed things about our death. Call me a morbid guy, but well, we were together for over a year. So, um, I, I I was about to say now about the ashes, and he said we'll talk about that later first, and then he handed me the paper stating how much money I air quotations owe them. What? So he was only willing to give me the ashes if I paid for them. But this is before she is cremated. Right? This was before she. She is. This is just one day or two days after the incident. This was a few days after this. I'm not. I'm not sure exactly. Mm. Just less than. So a he's already trying to explain, uh, offering her his own daughter, daughter's ashes to use for spreading in somewhere, wherever. But you have to pay for this. Yeah. So that must be for you to realize that he's just putting on a, a game. Like he's acting like he's he just want the money. He, he don't really. If I can give my personal opinion, and I know I shouldn't be giving my <coughs> opinion here, but I was there. I have to sort of defend him. Mm. Surprisingly, I don't think that any of this was his decision. Mm. I think he was being forced by everyone else in his family, mm. wife and other daughter, and his sister. Mm. Uh, so so uh, Carol's aunt mm. um, they they were feeding him words like whispering in his ear the whole time mm. and every time he said something like this it, there seemed to be reluctance mm. but I'm sorry to get this so mm. opinionated but no it's really good f- you can explain a bit because you were the one who were there so. yeah and even well later on we'll talk about um uh final decisions mm. and my situation currently mm. um, and all of this was made through him only yeah um, so maybe we can 
Maybe we can jump ahead now. Mm, sure. So that pretty much that explains how I got into this situation. Where, um, okay, so very quickly after that meeting, my my friends spoke on my behalf and said, "Well, then take us to court because this just seems ridiculous." And <laughs> yes, um, I'm just thinking like during this time. Okay, now you know you have to pay this money. You haven't had a court, as you said. Right, yet. there was no court date, so I knew I didn't have to pay it. Did you, by this time, if I were you, I would, in my case, I would, I would, I would, I would contact the Swedish, in my case, Swedish embassy, or mm-hmm. even uh, try to call Sweden and uh, talk to someone in position to help me. Uh, did you, in this time, contact any Canadian authorities in China or in, in Canada? Not immediately, because I actually didn't think it would get that far. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm glad you have a better memory than I have. <laughs> um, we said we'd see them in court, not expecting to see them in court. We thought that this was just—we thought it was all ridiculous. I say we, my, my friends and I, who were there, mm-hmm. we thought it was just so off the wall. And everybody kept telling me, "This will never happen. This will—don't worry about it. this. Is so absurd mm-hmm. that it couldn't <clears throat> possibly go that far. Mm-hmm. And if it does, if it does, well then." You get a lawyer, and they couldn't possibly win. Mm. So they did subpoena me, um, and I was ordered to show up in court. And then I called the embassy only because they wanted my passport. They said, "We want to take your passport. The court wants to hold it." I said, "Well, they're asking for my passport. They're not ordering for it." They, they haven't arrested me. So you're calling to the Canadian embassy. So I called the Canadian embassy and mm-hmm. I pushed all the buttons to get English. Mm-hmm. And um, and they answered the phone, Wei, which is Chinese for hello. When <laughs> is anybody there? And uh, and I could hear the person on the phone was was not a frostbitten Canadian girl. She was she was Chinese. And after explaining to her my story, I thought, well, finally, at least she'll understand. My position that uh, I'm in China because she is Chinese, working for the Canadian embassy, and I said the only thing I need to know is, is it legal for them to hold my passport or demand my passport? And she refused to answer me, and she said we can refer you to a lawyer, and she said that I must learn to respect Chinese culture. Well, <laughs> that's so. Non helpful thing to say. It was incredibly unhelpful. Yes. Did you still so realize this is crazy? Okay, they're not going to help me. Uh, did you call Canada? Someone in Canada? No. No. So, okay. Why? I didn't know who to call. But I did have. Um, this sounds so ghetto. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, my friend's uh, ex girlfriend is a lawyer, mm-hmm. and um, so I called her. Yeah. And she's working for a firm, so I still had to pay her. And I didn't have a lot of money, so I pretty much paid her everything I had to fight and lose for me. Thank you. And it was a long, drawn-out situation, and she quoted the judge who hates me. She made that very clear to me. He was very angry in court and said that I wasn't respecting Chinese culture. I wasn't respecting Chinese law even though there is no law to state all of this. All of this is just decisions made by people in authority. There is no law that states any of this. 
Yes. But I did, quote, lose in court and was ordered to pay a final... What the court finally ordered was 257,000 RMB. 200. 257,000 RMB was my final payment that I have to legally pay. Now, as soon as I was subpoenaed to go to court, they locked my passport. So, you're not allowed to leave this country, and you can also not buy a flight ticket domestically, not even a train ticket or anything? I cannot travel Mm. other than in a car, Mm. and I cannot cross any boundaries inside this country. I can't even go to another province, because if there's a road check or anything, I would have to show my passport, which I don't have a valid passport right now because it has expired. And I can't get a new passport. I can get a new passport, but I can't get a new visa. And that's the point. But during this time, okay, now you realize you're stuck to... They, the court took your passport, or how did... The court did not take my passport. Please? Because I thought, if they have if they have the legal right to take my passport and they want it or need it, then they can come and get it. Mm. But they wanted me to be foolish enough to show up there and give it to them. And mm. through all of the... <laughs> sneaky business I had already been involved in, I'm not going to hand it over to anybody, no matter what their authority is. Because if they do, in fact, have this authority, they can come and take it. Well, at least they could put your information in, in the computer base. They already and, uh, all of Even if you had your passport, you wouldn't be able to leave the country. I tried. And it was a scary situation of being locked in a room well, for about an hour with guards at the door because they didn't know why my passport had been locked. They thought I could have been a murderer. Mm-hmm. Um, they told me I was not allowed to call my embassy. They told me that I had to give them my passport, that I had to give them my phone, but I didn't. Um, and I managed to send a message to my very good friend and said, call, call the embassy. Uh, but all of this was resolved before that. They had contacted the court in Shaman and they said that I wasn't a killer. Although Carol's sister disagrees with that, mm-hmm. and um, and they said I wasn't allowed to leave the country until the court case was resolved, not finished but resolved, meaning after I pay the money. Mm-hmm. So if I pay two hundred and fifty-seven thousand RMB, I can go home. Did you tell the court or your lawyer that I will not pay or I can't pay? Yes, I did, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably wasn't very polite to my lawyer mm. on several occasions, um, which I don't really regret. She's a lawyer. Mm. Sorry. But um, she seemed to she seemed to not really be on my side for a lot of this. Uh, she was arguing with the, the point of perspective of the family. Mm. And she's like, well, you have to understand that they're very upset. And, and <laughs> Where do I come in in this? But... Um, so for, how long has it been? Three, four years? Four years? Four years. Four years, mm. almost. It'll be four years um, in May. Mm. And I have been locked in China for this long. Mm. I, I am unable to legally work, mm. but this is China. And yeah. legal is a very loose term. Exactly. Like they have laws in this country, but they're really not enforced in many ways. And sometimes 
uh, what I've learned about school systems and schools in China that the people, the schools here, they rather hire a white uh, English native speaking person than anyone else. Mm. They don't really care about what kind of laws they have to follow. Uh, yeah, that's just a short thing to say, <laughs> put in context. But um, so they they never. You always had your passport, but it's now expired. Or? Right, right. I still have it. Mm-hmm. It's expired and completely useless. Um, if I get a new passport and try to get a visa, uh, I'll be refused. Um, because this court case is permanently on my record until paid off. Even once it's paid off, I have no idea what's going to happen. Um, That's what I'm wondering also. After you pay all this money, uh, $200,000 plus, to this family, then what? Well, the court says that I'll be released, but then I may have to pay an overstay fee. Mm. There's always a hidden (laughs) fee somewhere. Which they can calculate by how many days you've been here. Right. <laughs> now, it does max out. I've heard that there's a, a maximum amount of money that you can pay, but that can be upwards of 30,000 RMB. And it changes all the time depending on what province you're in, city you're in, and where you're from. I mean, I know that visas are more expensive for Americans than for Canadians. And it's just literally who you like. So, since this four years you have been on this island... Yep. And you left once, you told me. I, yeah, I went to Hangzhou to visit a, a good friend of mine. With a car? Or? Uh, they bought me a train ticket before uh. they had um, enforced the new law that you need a passport. Uh. Or that you need you need a valid visa, I think. Mm. But they had bought the ticket with their passport. It was right at the end of the freedom to travel. And just before no freedom to travel. Yeah. But have you paid any money of the, the 250000 Well, that brings us to my current situation, which I don't even think you are familiar with. No. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to give too much information because I'm, I quit my previous job mm. and got another job. Um, and the woman that I'm working for that owns the school is, for some reason, very nice. She likes to help people, and I, I haven't quite figured out her angle or her agenda. I think that maybe she just wants a good teacher. Not to toot my own horn, but I think I'm pretty good. Um, it's very hard to find qualified, good teachers for kindergartens. And she's found one, and I'm willing to work for her for as long as she wants, if I get my freedom back, uh, mostly to see my mum. And she has a lot of what we call guanxi in China, which is... Explain guanxi for foreigners who never heard it. Guanxi is uh, social connections. Mm. So she knows powerful people. Mm. And in turn, is then powerful herself. And she told me that uh, she would like to meet my lawyer and talk to her about finalizing this and working out a payment plan and maybe renegotiating to explain to the family that I don't have 531,000 RMB. I, in fact, have next to nothing. Um, so... Why did... Uh, we forgot to tell you... Uh, we forgot to talk about uh, that number. How did the... What happened between the school and you and the family? And like, why did they come up with 500,000? And, like, because 
they cl- they claim you have this money. Yeah, I and think how I think did we they cover that a little bit? How they I worked for the school, so yeah. they opened my bank account. Oh yeah, so they knew how much money you had, but the, those numbers were uh, they very easily modified. Modified exactly. Tax base and change. Yeah. You said from you had fifty or five thousand on the account. I had. To be honest, I had 60,000 RMB in the bank. Almost. It was 57 or something like that. Mm. And a friend of mine told me that I should empty out my bank account. Mm. They, they said, if, if you go to court, then they will lock your bank account. That's all of your money. And I wouldn't have been able to eat, to be honest. I would have died um, without help from my friends. So I emptied out whatever money I had. And then I had actually received another paycheck, which I had forgotten to empty out. And then they locked my account. So they, they got 8,000 RMB out of that bank account. So they manipulated your bank um, records to show the family that he got this money, but he never had this money. Right. And I think that's an uh, important thing uh, to... to we have, That's a, one important thing, because they lied to both you and their family, the school. So it's another reason why you you would say that you are innocent in this uh, this case and uh, well there is no guilty in an accident exactly but they don't want to say accident because accident means no one's at fault and no one will pay and that's the very powerful word that I that I keep running through my head is that someone needs to pay <laughs> and it's me I guess. <laughs> And the poor boat captains, who I, I can only imagine how little money they had. They also had to pay? They did. And, but they, they agreed to settle out of court, which maybe I should have. I don't know. Maybe that would have... And then just not paid? I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm sure that most of this comes down to the fact that I'm an idiot. Well, you made decision you didn't know was going to lead to what. And, yeah. Uh, of You're, course, if you don't know how to act in a country where the law system is so different from ours and I mean you can never say you did anything wrong obviously well I, yeah <laughs> guess I can uh... so you are you currently paying annually or right so uh, my current boss who's a wonderful woman helping me out and has agreed to talk to my lawyer she did she spoke to my lawyer my lawyer took it back to court after discussing with the family, has explained to them that I don't have any money and that 257,000 RMB would take me an eternity to pay back. And um, But I'm willing to cooperate. I'm, I'm reluctantly willing to cooperate only because uh, my mom got sick for a while and now I see the importance of getting home as soon as possible. Um, that if we could work out a payment plan. So they brought down the, the, the money I owe, air quotations, um, to a little bit more feasible and then worked out a monthly payment plan. So every month I pay a huge chunk of my salary to a family <laughs> who... I am not fond of. Mm. And how much money do you pay so far? Do you know? uh, just one payment. Okay. One one payment on uh, January 29th was this year. 
just once a month. Oh, so the, the new court settlement is brand new? Very, very recent. Okay. Yes. Um, and will still take me a very long time to get out of here. Years and years, maybe um, half a decade or something. Gosh. I, haven't, I haven't done the math. I, I'm an English teacher. <laughs> well, so here we are today. Um, how do you feel as, as a person now? Are you happy or... All right. How how is your situation? I, I think that generally, as a person, I'm, I'm a very optimistic person. I, I usually look at the the bright side of situations. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the bright side of a very dark room right now. Mm. Uh, I, I guess yes. There, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's just a very long tunnel. Um, I have been here for years and years, talking to my my mother on the phone, my brothers on the phone. As often as I can, but I mean, I feel like I'm a, I'm a, a prisoner in a very large prison. Yes. Um, Which reminds you every day you wake up. Yeah. yeah. I, I got people <coughs> who, and most people don't understand my situation, including my own brother, mm. who almost got upset with me a few months ago, and he said, "Why, why don't you just come home?" <laughs> Like, I don't get it. Why don't call the embassy again? And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm getting tired of hearing the same thing over and over again. I can't leave. And I, I have thought of everything. So I also like it when people give me advice that I've been detained for doing that exactly. Um, yeah. We forgot to say, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we forgot to say one thing from the accident. Like... How were her the body found? Like, uh, yeah, because your friend, who is a perfect swimmer, he swam around everywhere, couldn't find the body. It was the next morning. They they had to send a professional team out. Okay, and they found her uh, later that morning. Mm. Uh, they were out there as soon as the sun came up because they said at night they couldn't do anything. We, oh no, sorry. They told us they wouldn't go out at night, and we argued and argued, and they they. Brushed us off. It's too hard to find in darkness, I guess. But in fact, they started looking at night because the school ordered them to. Mm-hmm. And the school has a lot more of this guanxi that we talked about, these connections. Mm-hmm. They have much more authority. So the police, um, they sent out some divers, scuba divers. Uh, no, I don't think they sent out divers. I think they, they trolled with a net. Uh-huh. But I don't really want to. No, we don't have to talk about it. I just wanted to, to, because maybe the listeners were asking, well, did you find her? Because we forgot to talk about that. Yeah. So back to today. And so here we are in Ishaman. You are prisoner here, you feel, you said. Mm-hmm. And what do you think, what do you, if anyone could help you out there who's listening? I mean, I'm thinking if, especially, uh, what, what do you want to say to, to people uh, who who is planning to come here first? Who's maybe thinking about a new life in China? <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, you are the, you are a really bad, horrible example of what could happen. Yeah, it's. I don't want this to discourage people from having their dream of traveling to China. Mm. Does anybody have this dream? Um, unless they're an archaeologist. Mm-hmm. Um, pardon me. Um, 
keep your wits about you and be smarter than I was. <clears throat> no, they have to be aware of the things that can happen in here, mm. in this country. Mm. My brother told me before I left, he said, be careful of organ harvesting. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> organ harvesting. I, I, know, I, I love I, my brother. But I, <laughs> he's obviously never been to China. I am not a member of Falun Gong. <laughs> but... Uh. Um, uh, it, 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 that's another thing like this stuff does happen mm. it does happen you never hear about it when you're here and so if someone asks you for your kidney just give it <laughs> yeah. get, no. a, get an iPhone out of it yeah. <laughs> sorry that's reference uh, to another news story yeah. um, it, you don't you don't hear about this stuff when you're in China because it's it's hushed mm. you don't care about it when you're not in China because you're not in China mm. So if you're planning to come to China, you have to be aware of these things and understand um, you're not at home. Yep. And you have no freedoms. Yep. Although if people are not paying attention to you, you have all the freedom in the world. Sure. So if you're planning to come to China, just respect all laws as much as possible. And uh, I heard uh, about some foreigners who got into bar fights and stuff that later will get months in prison. Sure. So don't even think about bar fighting anything. <laughs> well, I wouldn't. I would. I would think about staying away from nightclubs altogether, uh, because then there's the other concern of fake alcohol. Yeah. That's, that's another subject. Yeah, we can talk about that some other day. Sure. It's crazy. But if someone in uh, your home country is listening, uh, in, uh, who's in authority to help people abroad, is there anything you want them to, you want something you want to say to them? Uh, is there any, um, yeah, what, what, what help do you need? Um, Oh, what's I, your I, your dream now is to be able to go back to Canada to meet your family again? Yeah, yeah. My mother, my mother's getting up there. We'll say, don't ever let my mother hear me say that. But getting, <laughs> getting older. Getting old. Uh, my brother is getting older. Um, that one is. Uh, I haven't seen my family for seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen. I have two brothers. I haven't seen one of my brothers for even longer because none of them have been visiting here. Visiting here. No, um, okay. my my brother had a bad experience crossing the border to America. I oh, guess no. this runs in the family now. <laughs> Jesus, uh, he was he had a beard, and that's enough to set off the the. Uh, Are you talking? He looked like Osama bin Laden, or what do you mean? Well, no, he looked like a lumberjack. Yeah, that's actually what he was doing. <laughs> he, was, he was doing like construction and working on a farm, um, and he had a he had a plaid jacket and overalls, jeans. And, And a backpack, and he was going. A hipster. To, he was actually going <laughs> to visit a church group. Okay. A, a Pentecostal church group um, in Arizona, and they stopped him at the border. And um, I don't, I don't want to tell this oh. story, but they scared him. Yep. Okay. So he's not fond of traveling. He won't travel. He won't cross the border anymore. Okay. So if, uh, like I said before, like, what would you? Because it's ultimately, and this is all about this money you need to pay back. And then after that, you don't exactly know what's going to happen with you and Apparently, your passport. Apparently, I'm free after that. Mm-hmm. And if I, if I have to pay an overstay of $30,000, that's, that's, a, that's a fraction of... Yeah. Uh, it might take me a while, but like $30,000 is doable. We have to explain that if you're staying in China, you have to have a legit visa also. 
Right. And the visa, if you overstay, I think it's about 500 a day or something. I have... Well, it's a 500 a day with, with a... Uh, what do you... Cap? A ceiling? Uh, a maximum. Okay. Um, and I think that that's 30,000. It used to be 10. Then I heard 15 to 20. But again, it's different wherever mm-hmm. you are and whoever you are. And, and you obviously overstayed a long time. But it, you have a reason for it. So. Um, I do have a document stating that I am, I am, I am. It is illegal for me to leave this country. Mm. So it doesn't say I'm legally allowed to stay. Mm-hmm. It says it is illegal for me to leave, <laughs> which makes me uneasy at their wording. It's all in Chinese, so I'm just going by translators. Mm. Um, but yeah, if I had something to say to someone of authority in Canada. I don't want to get the people in trouble who have been helping my current boss. Mm. So she's gone out on a limb to help me out with my lawyer. And she will be eventually, once I, if I ever manage to pay all of this off, um, will be the one probably helping me get a visa. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to let anybody know that she's helping me. I need to protect her mm. um, because she's really done so much to help me already. Mm. And she's done all of this just because, as far as I know, just because she wants a good teacher in her school. Mm. Um, well, I'm, I'm not sure how it works in your country. I don't know even how it works in my country because I don't know. But I'm just hoping in somewhere it could be someone who's an international uh, lawyer or something, <laughs> someone from your country who could uh, listen to this and maybe pull some strings and get here and help you somehow. Maybe someone could. Uh, it must be some kind of charity system or some some uh, what's it called victims victims of human violation human some, rights violations yeah something like that who have some some kind of a must be some if it comes down to money then I think that's a, a smaller problem actually than let's say if you were if convicted you, of murder or something if you have it it's a small problem there was it was not a criminal case mm, exactly have, so I it's have not broken any laws so that's good that's positive that good mm. I'm not sure what else to add to this. No, we can stop here if you want. Okay. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for coming. And, um, yeah. I hope you found this story of value. It was very interesting to listen to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, yeah, I do speak some Chinese. Uh, um, yeah, I'm sorry, I, I, I try to impress some Chinese listeners here, but I'm not that bad in, in Chinese that someone think, uh, after you listen to the episode, you think like, oh, he lived there for so many years and he doesn't speak any Chinese. Oh, okay, can you show that? Shut up! Okay, uh, okay, I speak English. 
because this is foremost uh, to the Westerner listeners. Uh, as you heard, this story is super sad. And I hope you can help this friend of mine somehow by emailing me at springrollcast at gmail.com springrollcast at gmail.com please help my friend who is in need in shaman it's really sad story and I wish him the best and any help I can get from you or to him we will try to figure out Thank you for listening to my first episode of my first ever, ever podcast. Next episode, I've been interview my other other friend, friend uh, actually uh, also from, from Canada, but he grew up in, in Hong Kong. He's one of uh, Canada's biggest fashion bloggers named Vincento or Vincent Law. Talk to you next time. I love you. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.